This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. All right. Well, these are our teaching sessions of the prayer weekend, prayer weekend 2018, and uh, I believe that if you'll sensitize your hearts over this weekend, some of you will be transformed in a way that your prayer life will change, your lives will change. Now, early this year, you know, God gave us the word of the year, and uh, you know, I'm always uh, so excited at what God says at the beginning of each year, and, and, and this year God began to give us some very, very clear direction regarding the, uh, the, the, the year, the, the word of the year. And I'm going to try to uh, delve into that a little bit. We're going to look at one of the key verses that he gave us for the year. And, uh, but before we do that, I just want to preface this message and give you a title for this message. It's a conference called Thy Kingdom Come. It's, a, it's our prayer weekend and we're centering around the theme, Thy Kingdom Come, which I think is uh, appropriate for what God is doing in the earth right now, is that he is bringing a great exchange, and his, his kingdom is having pressure in the earth. Darkness is being exposed, light is coming, shifts are taking place, and uh, we get to align ourselves. We either align ourselves with light or we align ourselves with darkness. But... I, the title of the message for today is A Season of Suddenlies. A Season of Suddenlies, okay? And uh, this is in line with what God has been saying, and I, I, I just want you to catch this in your spirit. This is a season when God will use sudden things in the lives of those who are pursuing his kingdom. Now, there's the key. You can't be Double-minded, you can't be pursuing God and mammon. You can't be pursuing what you want and what God wants. This is for those who are pursuing the kingdom of God. Isaiah 48 in verse 3 says, I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth. And I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. How, how many of you know if you start studying the Bible, uh, it's, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable how many things God does suddenly. Uh, did, did you know that creation was kind of a sudden thing? Let there be, and there was. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty sudden, don't you think? Let there be light and there was light. Let there be a sea and there was a sea. Let there be land that separates from the sea and, and there was land. Mountains and hills and valleys and rivers. And God did that suddenly. Hmm. So in light of the word of the year and all that God is preparing us for as a nation everything he's preparing us for as a church and has been preparing us for, everything he's been doing in your families, your businesses, not only the 
labor and work that he's called you to do, but the ministry he's called you to do, this is a very important time. Uh, Pastor Taz and I were talking in our our leadership team, and we were talking about, you know, what what seems to be the emphasis this year? What is God emphasizing? And and one of the things is, there's an emphasis on hearing. Hearing. Can we can we hear and, and on seeing? Can we see? What what is it that you're hearing? Are you are you able to hear? The Bible's very clear about hearing God. He says, My sheep hear my voice. You see, and, and we need to be able to hear God. We need to be able to hear. You know, God made the hearing ear and the seeing eye. Can we see? What what, what are you seeing? I'm, I'm always shocked. I have to tell you, I'm always shocked when I ask that question to people. I say, well, what, what, are you, what are you seeing? And, 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 you know, if you're dealing with a spiritual person, they already, already know, they, they know you're talking about something in the spirit realm. If you're dealing with a natural person, they'll say, oh, I'm seeing the stage. I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the, well, what am I seeing? What do you mean? What are you asking? What am I seeing? Oh, forget it. <laughs> Let's not have that conversation. What are you seeing? What do you see? How, how many of you know there's a spiritual world out here that's actually more real than this tangible one? There's a spiritual world. If you can ever see into that world, your whole world changes. Everything you do changes. What do you hear? What do you hear? Let's not just get caught up hearing the natural. There's the spiritual world. And who does God want you to be? And see, once you know who you're supposed to be, then the question of what am I supposed to do is really a mood issue. Because doing comes out of being. Does that make sense? So we, we debated those four words, and that's going to be part of our theme for the year is, you know, seeing and hearing and being and doing. And uh, I, I think that it coincides with everything God's been working in us. And, and we, we need a new type of believer in the earth today. Someone who carries a governmental weight. And you can't carry governmental weight unless you know who you are. Unless you know on whose behalf you speak. And the word of the year and, and, and what God said to, to me and what God's saying to us uh, is really revealed in Psalm 149. And uh, Psalm 149 verses 1 through 9, I'll just read the whole psalm. It says, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance and let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and heart. Here's the part I want you to hear. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let's Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment written This honor have all of his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Now, God gives us authority in two ways. First of all, 
by letting the high praises of God be in our mouth. How many of you know that high praises is not only something we do because we want to glorify God, but it is a weapon in the arsenal of the kingdom of God. There are many of you today that you have given up your praise life. You wake up in the morning and instead of a praise life, you are recanting and reciting the doctor's report over your life. Instead of the praise life, you're getting up and immediately meditating and thinking on your bank account and what you don't have. Instead of the praise life, you're thinking about how to get even with your husband or your wife. Or how to manipulate or maneuver during the day at your place of work. Hmm? Instead of the praise life, you're allowing the enemies to displace your time with God. With worry, with fear, with anxiousness, with distraction. All the things that the enemy uses to keep you from keeping and staying in the victory. Is anybody listening to me this morning? How many of you remember when you used to wake up and it would just bubble up out of you? Just a little song. You couldn't help it. You'd wake up and it was the first thing on your lips was some little song. Some little worship thing that just, and, 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 and the first thing on your mind was, oh God, what a great day. Wow, praise the Lord. I'm so glad I'm alive. I'm so glad that my God is my King and my Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? What happened? This is how we're supposed to live. Let the high, let the high praises of God be in your mouth. How many of you know it doesn't just happen, you have to let it happen? Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. By wielding a two-edged sword, we're speaking God's word into every situation of our life. Now there's the discipline. I'm going to tell you something. What you say really matters. And I'm telling you, so many Christians today are saying exactly what is happening, which is the facts, but it's not the truth. There are a lot of facts out there that you can't escape, but I'll tell you what, they're not the truth. The fact is, there's a money shortage. The fact is, jobs are scarce. The fact is, fuel comes and goes. The fact is, our electricity system is overburdened. The fact is that we don't know if we have a, good, a corrupt government or not. The fact is, you don't know that. You don't know if it would be any better than the last lot. We don't know that. The fact is, you have lots of uncertainties. The truth is, whatever God says. The truth is, that in spite of it, God has a path. God has a plan. And the word of God, if you allow it to, will have an impact when you release it on the earth. You see, when you get a word from heaven, when you hear a word from heaven, when you speak a word from heaven, when you can see the plan of heaven, guess what? You become a different person. The children of Israel were confronted by 
a huge army, and Jehoshaphat had no idea what to do. It says he fell down and began to pray. God said, stand up. He said, I got a plan for you. He says, send the praisers out, and here's what I want you to sing. And they all went out and they began to sing, and the enemy was routed in front of the praisers. He says, the battle is not yours, the battle is mine. God has something he wants to do, and he wants to set you up so he can move suddenly on your behalf. Suddenly on your behalf. You know, the word of God will have an impact in yours and my life when you and I begin to release his word in the earth. God is trying to help you and I become a prophetic people that we will only speak his word, not only our lives, but over the people that we encounter on a daily basis. How many of you just love to have somebody give you a word of encouragement? How many of you just think, man, how many of you, there's certain people you just like to be around, and when you're around them, it's like you're, you're, like you're just sucking, hoping for a word from them. Because they're so encouraging, right? Can I tell you something? You're supposed to be that person to other people. You're supposed to be the one that goes around and is giving a word and, hey, you're in the spirit and you're speaking a word of encouragement everywhere you go. You're not supposed to be sucking on everybody looking for a word. You're supposed to be giving a word. With the high praises of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand. I walk around, I'm a blessing. I'm full of the praises of God, and I have a word for everybody I come in contact with. And I just love to get around people in the spirit like that. I don't know. I don't know if my son John is here right now, but and he's walking in the spirit right now. And every day he goes back, he says, hey, I saw this guy, I met this guy. He's one of our guys. Oh no, I saw this guy, guess what? I, and I, I can see that he's a Caleb, and I can just see he's Caleb. And he's, It's like God is bringing all these Bible characters around us right now. This guy's Joshua. Well, this guy's Caleb. This guy, you know, he's got a Samuel anointing on him. And this guy over here, he's a Samson anointing. I'm saying, how do you see that? <laughs> because he sees. He's seeing. And he's saying. He'll see a guy. You and I look at he's and we say, that's a guy, really, he's a street person. He says, no, he's a Samson. No, oh, he's a street person. See, if you see with the natural, he's a street person. But if you see with the spiritual, he's a Samson. Are you listening to me? So think about the impact that God's word can have on your state of mind. Just think about it. If you just let God's word begin to wash over your mind, if you begin to speak his word, think about what could, the kind of impact God's word can have on your marriage or your family or your finances. You know, well, I've been through some very tough times with my family. But I've learned something about family. You can't change your family. I mean, I, could, I, I, I can't change them. So I have to believe that there's somebody bigger than me. So I'm not going to say anything except what the Word of God says about my family. And I've learned this. You don't say it to your family. You just say it to God. You say, and when you're around people, say, how's your family? Praise God. 
God's working in our family. God's doing a great work. Having begun a good work in us, he'll bring it to completion. See, you begin to speak the word of God and you begin to keep your faith not in what you see, but in what you know. Not in the, listen, everybody goes through a time in their family and in their family life where your kids are stretching themselves. They're maybe a little rebellious or they're a little bit out of sorts and Sometimes you just don't need to even address it right now. I mean, unless it's detrimental to them, you just need to say, hey, you know what? Or if you do address it, it's to speak the life of the Word of God into them. Is anybody listening to me? But other times you just need to hold fast your confession of faith and speak God's Word into the atmosphere over your family, having believed that I've put enough Word in these kids that the Bible says that even though they depart from the way for a season, not many days hence they shall return. Having... You know, put that deposit in them, it'll keep them on the straight and narrow. Amen? Some of you are the same way over your finances. I'll tell you what, you get a little speed wobble in your finances and hey, my God still supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. God's working on my financial behalf. I'm a tither, I'm a giver, I'm a, I'm a blesser. I can't help but be blessed. I give to the poor. God says if you give to the poor, you lend to God. Guess what? I, I, I'm going to hold fast to what the word says and not what the circumstances around me say. Our government and the governments where our people live, wherever you live, you should be able to have an influence on government. The words you speak, the things you say, the, 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 the way you carry yourself, it's time for some governmental authority, but you're not going to have influence by trying to curry favor. You're going to only have influence when you speak the truth in love. And of course, we should be having influence over the lost. The lost. You know, you can't pull somebody up if you're down. Hmm? How, how do you win a lost person when you're so condemned you feel lost? I'm shocked at how many mature Christians fall for the same tactics of the enemy. They're, they're, they go by what they feel. I just don't feel good today. What, what, what does your feelings have to do with it? Hey, I promise you I can make you feel real good if I just walked up to you and gave you $1,000. Whoo, I feel better. <laughs> Wouldn't you just feel much better if I gave everybody a thousand? How many of you feeling bad would feel pretty good if they gave you a thousand dollars? See, your feelings have nothing to do with anything. I have to keep my flesh under. I've got to keep my feelings down. And every time I go with my feelings, it just gets worse. But then, once I go with my feelings, it's really hard to be an encourager. Because I'm so into my feelings and I need to be encouraged. Nobody likes me. Nobody's encouraging me. Me. Is there ever, have you ever gotten in that pit? Hey, feeling sorry for yourself? Listen, with the high praises of God in my mouth. With a two-edged sword in my hand. I'm going to be encouraged and an encourager of others. I'm not going to go with my feelings. I'm going to use governmental authority in the lives of lost people. I'm going to walk into lost people's lives and I'm not going to be so down that I can't encourage them. You see, it's a season of increased governmental authority right now. 
God's looking for people he can put a governmental mantle upon. And see, this is a kingdom authority. A kingdom authority that God wants to place on every one of you as sons and daughters of the king. And that authority has to be wielded as someone who understands authority. And If you're the ambassador to a nation and you're all ambassadors of God and of his kingdom, you can't be moved by your feelings. Well, I don't feel like an ambassador today. Yeah, but you're going to meet the U.S. ambassador. Well, you know. Excuse me, you're the ambassador. I don't feel very authoritative. You speak on behalf of your nation. Yeah, but I don't feel like I do. Well, here's what Isaiah 55 says, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so my word will be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. I have a question. I have a question. How is God speaking today? Hmm? How is God speaking today? How does his word come out? Can I borrow that? Listen carefully. This is the Bible. This is the word of God. Is that right? Okay, now I want you to listen real carefully. Did you get it? Why? But it's his word. How does it come out of his mouth? Who's speaking? Where's his mouth? Where's God's mouth? His word in your mouth is as powerful as his word in his mouth. This is yours, right? I was going to give it to her. Guys, I don't know what you think is going to happen, but if you cannot wield the sword of the word of God, there is no power in your life. And there's no door for us suddenly to take place. I know that some of you may feel like the enemy is strangling you. And you may be experiencing tests. And you may be experiencing trials. But God has good news for you. Change is going to happen in your life, in your family, in your business, in your ministry. And that change is going to happen suddenly. You need to be ready to receive and declare an immediate word and be ready to act upon that word. What you hear, what you see, what you become, and what you do is dependent on, on, on uh, suddenly is dependent on those things. You see, the word of God is full of people and full of stories who had suddenly experiences. Let me encourage you today. Remember Joseph? Joseph went from being in jail to standing in front of the Pharaoh. 
One minute, nobody would listen to him. The next minute, the most powerful in the country, man in the country is asking for his opinion. How many of you feel like, well, nobody ever hears me? It doesn't matter what you feel like. If you're full of the word, God will make a way to get you in front of somebody that will listen. But if you're so sorry that all you can think about is you, and it just pours out of you all your symptoms and all your sickness and all your woes, and you don't know where I came from, and my family is so bad. All right. Joseph's family was terrible. Joseph's family was a mess. Joseph's brothers threw him in a pit. Joseph's brothers sold him to some Ishmaelites who sold him to Potiphar. Who put him in prison. And yet if you study his life, he held on to a vision and a dream and a word that God gave him. And when 15 years had passed and it was time for God to move, he stood not only in front of the Pharaoh, but he became second only to him in power in a nation. It came suddenly. Blind Bartimaeus, blind Bart. He experienced a sudden intervention in his life. One minute he's sitting on the roadside as a beggar. The next minute after telling Jesus what he wanted, Barnabas, Bartimaeus, I should say, was no longer blind, but his sight had been restored. What do you want? What do you want? Because I'm going to tell you something, God is asking you that question every single day of your life. And some of you don't know what you want. Oh yeah, one day, oh I just want to be used of God. God, yeah. And the next day, I just want to get out of here. Oh, my life is such a mess. Well, which one is it? Double-minded thing, you. <laughs> just tap your neighbor. Say, I think he's talking about you this morning. See, with the high praises of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand, I can do something. Remember David? Listen to this. I think of my son John with this. In, second, in 1 Samuel 22, it says, And David therefore departed thence, and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men. I love this story because David gets all these guys, the distracted, the, dis, the, the distrustful, the, the distressful, the, the debted, indebted, the discontented. He gets all these guys around him. He says, and you're our captain. Oh, great. That's, that's exactly what I want to be, the captain of all these lot. But can I tell you something? A few verses later, 
These very men, these very men are breaking through a wall and going and getting water for him. And they become mighty men. Some of these men become God's mighty men because something suddenly happened in their lives. They were no longer. Why? Because David put faith in them. David said, hey, listen, I've got news for you. I've been anointed king. Samuel anointed me king. I'm not king yet, but let me tell you something. When I am king, if you go with me, and they began to take on a new demeanor. We are, you're our captain. We'll protect you. And, and they began to become what they saw, began to become what they heard. They began to become the person that God wanted them to be. And guess what? They, they were those people. They ransacked nations. They got Israel back. 400 lost crazy people became a mighty army. Suddenly it happened. It didn't happen in years and years and years. They became believers. It was a suddenly when God brought Cornelius and Peter together through an intervention of an angel and a vision. Cornelius' household was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Jews were astonished at what God had done to a Gentile. A suddenly, a suddenly. <laughs> One minute Peter's on a boat. The next minute he looks up and he sees a ghost and he finds out it's the Lord. And before he knows it, he's stepping out of the boat, walking on water. It was a suddenly, I don't even think he thought about it. If that's you, let me come to you. And what the heck? Nobody, you can't walk on water. Suddenly things happen. Suddenly things begin to move. In Acts chapter 9, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ had an enemy. His name was Saul. Saul was coming after the saints and arresting them and having them chained and stoned and sometimes murdered. Paul, Saul was smart. He was tenacious. And he had authority because he was really good at his job. And his job was to destroy Christians. But as he journeyed on his mission, the Bible says, suddenly there shined around him a light from heaven. And he fell down. You see, and the Lord took the greatest enemy of the church and filled him with the Holy Spirit and used one of his disciples to do it. How, how do you think Ananias felt? Tapped on the shoulder by God. I want you to go to a street, a street called Straight. And there's a man there named Saul. He says, I know him. I don't want to go there. That guy kills Christians. I'm a Christian. I don't want to go there. No, you go. I'm about to do something in his life. He's blinded by my light. I've done a suddenly in his life. And I'm going to use you suddenly to fill him with the Holy Spirit. I'll use him greatly for the kingdom. A little bit later, Paul and his partner Silas are preaching the gospel and they're thrown into jail. They'd been beaten up, they'd been humiliated. And it was literally the midnight hour at midnight. But God moves at midnight. At midnight, 
Paul and Silas weren't complaining about their situation. They were singing the high praises of God in their mouth. And they had a two-edged sword that they were declaring in their hand. And even though they were hurting and even though they'd been beaten and even though they'd been humiliated, they gave praises to God. And suddenly, there was an earthquake. Suddenly, the earthquake, and this earthquake was so great that the foundation of the jail began to shake and to quake. And immediately, the Bible says, all the doors were opened and their bands were loosed. That was no ordinary earthquake. That was no ordinary suddenly. That was a God suddenly. And there was an angel that stood by them and an angel that unlocked everything. These suddenlies aren't told about some historical event. These are things that are happening for you and for me if we will keep the high praises of God in our mouth, if we'll keep a two-edged sword in our hands. Don't run away at the midnight hour. Don't run away from your enemies. Bless them. If your enemies are sick, God wants you to go to them and lay hands on them that they might recover, that they might be filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, in the end, if you're full of the word and if you're full of praise, you'll even lead your enemies to the Lord and they'll become your brothers and your sisters. In this season, God is gonna give you some sudden manifestations For the visions that he's given to your life. For the visions that he's given to your ministry. They're not for your visions, they're for his visions. The vision that he's given you. Stop talking about what's not happening. And start talking about what is happening. What is happening? I see God in everything. I see God about to unleash financial prosperity like you've never seen. I see God doing a wealth transfer. I see God raising up people that thought they were nobodies becoming real somebodies. I'm seeing God unlock ministries out of the most unlikely people on the planet. People who nobody would look at twice are gonna be bold with the power of God over their life. I see people bringing people together in marriage that are meant for each other so that they can go further together than they do apart. I'm seeing God bring partnerships together and relationships together in such a way that his kingdom will come with great power, great rejoicing. I see people who were once depressed rising up and being able to unlock the doors of depression for others. Expect God to move suddenly on your behalf. And on behalf of our nation. And on behalf of others. You know, I don't care if God moves suddenly for me. But if I could be the vessel that unlocks a door and he moves suddenly for you, that's just as good for me. I was a part of God moving suddenly. Seize your opportunity. And how do you do that? With prayer. With your praise. Pray. And praise. 
Seize your opportunity by going forth and acting on the word of God. You see, when you hear, receive what you hear. Speak the word of God. When you hear and you speak the word of God, the enemy cannot be successful with anything he brings into your realm. There'll be nothing the enemy can do to you. Let me tell you something. This is a season of confirmations. This isn't a season to run around and try to get a prophet to give you a word. This is a season of confirmations. If a prophet speaks to you, if a man speaks prophetically over you, it's a confirmation. The Bible says, let everything be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Two or three witnesses. If you come and you give me a prophecy and it's the first time I hear it, I don't even receive it. I just say, well, God bless you. (laughs) I think you had too much pizza. Because nine times out of ten, it's probably not God anyway. But the one time out of ten that it is, and I don't just discount you. I just say, well, okay, whatever. And I put it on the shelf. I'll say, well, now if I hear it again, I'll take that off the shelf. I'll dust it off and say, wait a minute. That's the second time I heard that. I'm pretty funny about this because I don't ever go on two. I always have to have three. I don't make it hard on me. I make it hard on God. Hey, God, I'll tell you what. I think you can give me one more confirmation. See, some of you, you don't need, you don't even need one confirmation. You just take one word and run with it. Like, ooh, the prophet said. The, the prophet can't even keep himself from being impregnating women. But you're running around like he's a man of God. He's in court half the time. He's fighting legal battles. What kind of man of God is constantly? Oh, yeah, he says, but Paul was in prison. Yes, for preaching the gospel, not handling women. It's ridiculous. Some of you are so foolish. It makes me sick. Oh, the prophet. Yes, how much did you pay? Oh, that's my business. Yeah, you can't pay a tithe, but you'll pay him $20,000. You'll go stay in his hotel for five days. When he finally waltzes in to get your word, to get the word that God wants to speak to you. When's the last time you heard from God? Oh, no, no, I need a prophet. Show me that in the Bible. My sheep hear my voice. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you being fleeced. I'm tired of you giving your money, good money after bad prophets and bad prophecies. And if somebody comes and gives you a prophecy, yes, I see you going, you're leaving. Just hang that one up. I want to hear a prophet that says, hey, God's going to bless you where you are. God's going to bloom where you're planted. You're the planting of the Lord. That that sounds more Bible to me than yay, 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 yay. Listen, you haven't even been able to get to church on time, but God's going to send you to the mission field. Now, there are suddenlies coming, but it's not for the flaky. It's for those who are trusting in the Lord, who have the 
high praises of God in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand and they're serious about what God is doing. You see, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and he wants to be good to you and he'll be good with you and he'll be good with your ministry and with your business and he'll be good over our nation and he'll be good over everything you lay your hand to. He'll be good with your body. He'll be good with your family. He's going to be good with your money. He's going to be good with everything in your life and you're going to begin to see his goodness suddenly. Second Chronicles 29, 36 says this, and it's all about the rebuilding of the temple. And I told you earlier this year that the rebuilding of the temple is really you. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. God rebuilds the temple, and then he rebuilds the outer walls. He starts with the temple, and then he starts building you up as a person. And after they had rebuilt the temple, and after they would found the Bible, and they cleaned out the temple, the Bible says that Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about for his people because it was done so quickly. God wants to do a quick work in you. God wants to quickly move. God is more anxious about inhabiting you than you'll ever imagine. When God came to inhabit the earth, and start the church. It says in, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were seated. Or seating, or, or sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit enabled them. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. When the Holy Spirit comes, he comes suddenly. He's coming suddenly into your life. He's coming suddenly into our church. He's going to come suddenly into your business. He wants to move suddenly. But you have to prepare yourself. You can't be double-minded and expect to receive anything from God. You can't be up one day and down the next and happy one day and depressed the next and well, choose this day who you'll serve. I'm not saying bad things don't happen, but I'll tell you what, by the time you've been a Christian for a few years, that shouldn't knock you off your perch. Oh. <laughs> hey, bad things happen to everybody. But guess what? I know this, that these things come to pass. He takes me through every storm. He takes me through every battle. I can become victorious. God not what is happening to me, but what should I learn through this? Teach my hands for war. Teach me to be victorious. Let me speak your word. Lord, what are you saying about this situation? What can I prophesy into it? Because I know that you've made me to be victorious in everything that I do. I know that whatever I lay my hand to prospers. I know that whenever the enemy rises up against me and comes against me one way, he must flee before me seven ways. So uh, there must be something in this that I'm either supposed to learn or there's something in this that I'm supposed to do, but I know that my enemy can't have dominion over me. But how many of you waste days, hours, weeks, months, years? <laughs> My son, hey, listen, my son went through a year of brokenness. But I got up every day and read my Bible and prayed and 
put the word of God over him and called him in and said, he didn't want to hear the word of God. I said, come here. Every time he got around me, come here, I'm going to tell you what the word says. Took him everywhere I could. Prophets spoke over him. Every prophecy that was spoken has come to pass in his life. It just didn't happen then. Then. But what if I would have just gotten knocked off my perch? Well, guys, I can't preach this Sunday. I can't come into the office. I don't, I'm not going to pray anymore. Well, what if your pastor did that? What kind of pastor is that? He goes to a trial and... No, 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 no. I knew there was a victory on the other side. I just didn't know how long that victory would take. Take a year? Take five years. I don't care. Fifteen years. But we will be victorious. Because God cannot lie. And when God moved, he moved suddenly. I'll tell you what, I got my son back. I'm happy. Amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.